Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to awaken to the truth of your soul? Welcome to today's episode of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show with your host, Nadia Khalil. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to today's show. Today is July 1st. It is the first day of the seventh month of the year. I wanted to let you guys know today what a way to start the week with Blog Talk Radio Station. Um, I could not get onto the actual website, so I always have my little number that I call and I get in. So I'm not in chat, um, but if you want to talk to me, I'm on my page, on my personal Facebook page, kind of following the show right there, and we'll go from there. Always a new one for every day. But today's show is huge. It is exactly what I do. I work with what we don't talk about. I see what we don't say. And we talk a lot. We say so many things all day. And at the end of the day, Right before you go to bed, let's say you only met two or three people that day, you will remember something very nice and fruitful that somebody said to you, or you will remember something that wasn't so nice, and it'll bother you. And depending on which one carries more weight, that's what you sleep with, that's what you think about, that's what your mind tries to sort out. And yet we say the same things in so many different ways, trying to explain it to ourselves, let alone to each other. And then there's the stuff we don't talk about. And most of that stuff we talk about here on the show, for the most part. And we try to represent what we don't talk about through the words that we use. I hope this is making sense so far because what's happened to us is we've gotten lost in a a sense from the things that carry us the most. I can't really tell them what I'm thinking. And we look at that as those aggressive. But really, we just don't have the words because we don't practice how to say the things that we don't say. Just the way it is. We just don't practice. We don't have practice. That's the stuff we think is just ours. And so we never develop that part of us that knows how to tell the truth. But I did some research before this show because I wrote it up on Friday, like right after the show we did with the questions. And then I started looking for, you know, what are our hidden emotions? Like what words can I put on it? Because I've talked about it in every way here. This is what we're feeling, but this is what we're saying. And I found these like this list of crazy words I don't even know how to pronounce. But then with the definitions, I'm like, oh, that's what that is. Where did they get that word, like opia or sonder or something like this? 
And then I found something about the subconscious mind. And we have our conscious mind because that's the part of us that filters out things, that wants to talk, that wants to see, that wants to say. And that part of our mind is the small window that we let people in through. But let me tell you a little bit of what goes on in your subconscious mind And this is why when we take any kind of medication or drug, it kind of dampens the conscious mind and it releases what's in the subconscious mind. And we're like, oh, my God, these people. But a lot of it is because we don't have practice in speaking about our hidden emotions. And because we don't have practice and we only think about, I'll say it this way, I'll say it that way, we're just not good at it. So we think the truth is abrasive, like, God, I can't tell them the truth, and we go from there. So in the subconscious mind, it records everything. That is why you will leave a situation and you will remember stuff later, like, oh, yeah, and then that happened. And wait, they said this. I remember them saying it when right away it was just too much to remember. It controls your subconscious mind. It's alert and awake all the time. It controls 95% of our lives. Except when we're in a deep sleep and we can't hear. But even in our sleep, if there's a noise, we wake up. It is built on habituation, whatever habits we have. It speaks to you, and I love this one because of Dream Theme Thursday. It speaks to you in dreams. It has no verbal language, which is why our dreams are so outrageous. Then I saw this, and then I saw that. Yes, people are talking in the dream, but it's more the visual and the feeling, right? It takes everything literally. So when someone says something to someone, the brain immediately starts to compute it and tries to figure out what it said, why it said it, and how it said it that way. And we're constantly filtering. That didn't sound right. That didn't sound true. That sounded true. Wow. You know, all these reactions that we have. It can do a trillion things at once. It's just constant. It's like the mainframe of a computer. And we don't really talk about the subconscious mind. We just think it's where everything is hidden. Well, the kind of it is. It's not logical. It's the feeling mind that didn't feel right, that didn't sound right, that didn't look right. There was something wrong with that person. And it is one million times powerful than the conscious mind. That's how powerful subconscious mind is so I thought this is really worth talking about because we feel emotions and they're usually discussed because we feel in the moment that we can say a few things 
And they're usually considered weak when we talk about our emotions in that way. People say, oh, I don't want to hear this person's stuff. But if we learn the words to describe the feelings we have, we will then be closer to who we really are as people, not just to ourselves, but to each other. Because the masks are gone when we speak what we really feel. And the minute we start hiding or making things wanting to sound better than we think they already sound, or we want to sound smart, or we want to sound intelligent, then we don't because you can't really try. Nothing is more real than any human being, I don't care who it is, that speaks from a place of truth. Even if all I told you was the wall is red and the wall was really red. I didn't tell you it's pink and white mixed. I didn't tell you it has a gray tone. I didn't tell you anything. I just said the wall is red. And you look and the wall is red. And in your brain and in your subconscious mind, you're like, the world is good. If I wanted to explain to you why it isn't red or why it's red, and I give you a whole day of explanation of how it's red and what you feel when you see it, you'll just be bored. You'll be like, oh, why am I sitting through this? Because you already know the wall is red. It's like turning on a light. You don't need to know how the house was wired unless you're the one wiring it. Otherwise, you don't need to know. So the hidden feelings, when we have words to attach to them, like these are feelings we don't talk about, feeling that people pass you on the street and go through some situations that are real as as also the ones you're experiencing, because you will see them. You will see people doing things. You have a million opinions about it. Like, wow, I would never dress like that. Wow. I would want to dress like that. Wow. That, that girl or guy are, is good looking or that person looks put together. Wow. I feel so bad that that person's homeless. Let me give them a dollar. You know, we start looking and reacting And then we start taking in that experience. And that's not something we tell people. But let's say you go home. And instead of your your kids asking you, Mom, how was your day? And you say, oh, it was okay. Instead, you say to them, wow, you know, today I was walking down the street and I saw this woman that was really dressed nicely. And I thought, you know, I could dress a little better. How about you? How do you think? Do you think you're dressing your best every day? When your clothes get dirty, do you change them to a kid? Now you're talking in the kid's language. But talking about those things takes away, and this is going to be the coolest part of it, all the things that run in our mind that take away from us. I'm not good enough. I'm not this. I'm not that. That starts happening because we don't have real discussion. I saw a homeless person. I felt like I, I wanted to give them something. I had just eaten lunch. My stomach was full, and they're on the street asking for money for food. Of course, whatever I have 
in my purse, a few dollars of that I will give up to somebody else to eat a meal. I can't control the whole homeless problem, but I can help one person at a time when I can. When we talk to our kids in real stuff, real time, and we don't keep those emotions hidden, we just allowed our children, our partners, the people in our lives to also have those emotions and express that they matter. There's another feeling that we don't talk about, and that is the feeling that we get when we just stop caring about something. We feel guilty about things that we stop caring about. But really, we have outgrown those things, and now we found things to care about that match our growth. And really think about that one. We are taught to feel guilty for growing. So when we grow, we feel bad that we stopped caring. So we don't dare tell anyone, hey, you know what? That doesn't mean to me what it used to, which would be the words to use. But instead, it looks like you don't care because we don't have words to describe the feelings that we have in a positive light, even though the feelings that we have in our unconscious mind or the things we don't say are the truths that grow us between each other. It's just so simple. And we forget how simple it all is. And that's when we start getting anxiety and we start feeling like everything is just so complicated that it's too big for us to tackle. And yet we can tackle it. Another feeling that we get is that feeling when we feel out of place. Instead of saying anything, in our heads we're like, I'm not feeling this. I'm here, not feeling it. What am I doing here? Instead, we try to go, oh, yeah, everything's okay. Yes, I'm doing great. And really, you want to leave. If you get that feeling, there's a reason why you get that feeling. And it may not even be a bad reason. It just may not be the right place for you. And maybe part of it is to teach you how to know the difference between what's right and what's not for you. It's happened to me. I've told this story, but I will never forget getting to a party, the time it took me to dress, to prepare, to get there. And I walked in, and I remember thinking, what am I doing here? I never felt as good as I did. Instead of staying, leaving. I just left. Thank you for inviting me. I wanted to come and support you. I do have to leave. I'll see you again. And I left. That was better 
than trying to pretend I didn't feel that and be there because what's going to happen to me? I'm not going to feel like talking to anybody. I'm going to be looking around going, what am I still doing here? When can I leave? And that's not fair to the people's time that I'm going to take if I'm talking to them. That's not fair to me to spread that energy there. Know enough to know where your spot is. If you start hurting the people around you and you start taking away from the group as a whole, you have to ask yourself why you're there instead of that you have to be there and you have to dump this and that on other people. Really pay attention to what your unconscious mind is telling you. Be honest if you are the one that may be negative. Had I stayed there, I don't know if I would have been negative. I'm not negative in my personality. But I would have been like, oh, this is no big deal. And it might be a big deal to the person who, who put it together, to the people who wanted to be there, to the people who were at a place in their lives of being interested in being there. They don't need a buzz kill like me around if I'm feeling the kill of the buzz. Kind of interesting, huh? Just to take a look at, you know, how do you affect your environment? How do you affect the people that you're around or that are around you? There's another unspoken feeling, realizing that you are already in the future and seeing how things have worked out, but you have no means of going back to the past to tell your past self how the future is like. There's a word for that. It's called enoment, if I'm saying it right, E-N-O-U-E-M-E-N-T. Realizing that you're already in the future. Did you ever, and this has happened to me quite a bit, had these feelings like things have already changed and yet it hasn't changed around you? You still have to do what it needs to change it, but you don't know what to do yet. That's when you're living in the future. You're like, I've already changed. My environment didn't change yet. How do I get there? Like, how does all this change? And the advice I would give you on that is to just tell yourself it will change one day at a time, one thought at a time. Everything will fall in place to support this change because in your heart, you've already put the energy out for it to happen. And that's why it happened. And it does happen. I knew from the day I saw Christ, there was nothing in this that I could control. There's just nothing here that I can control. People say to me all the time, why aren't you bigger? I can't believe I found you. But you know what? That used to come from one person. Then it came from about 50. Then it came from about 100. Then it came from about 1,000. Then it came from about 10,000, tens of thousands. Now we've reached about 100,000. 
the videos have reached millions. But I understood the quietness of this. I understood in my lifetime from what people have told me that they get immediately scared for me. They're afraid other people won't understand me. And a lot of people didn't want to tell anybody about me because they didn't want anyone to know that they believed this. And I remember thinking, believe what? My whole job is to give you freedom to believe what you already know. I'm not telling you anything new. But the fact that I saw Christ puzzled people. Their subconscious mind said, there is no way I can tell anyone. I listened to a woman who saw Christ. And when I saw Christ, I thought, there's no way I cannot tell people. I did what everybody did. That subconscious part of my mind that saw that future didn't believe the present was ready for it. But Christ did because that's why he came when he came. And it took me years, years of education through him to see what that future is like. I had to get over every obstacle in my brain that everybody else had who heard about me, who knew me, who saw me. People who wanted to possess me, people who wanted to control me, people who wanted to get into me, people who wanted me to be their mom or their best friend for reasons they didn't even know, or myself, people I wanted to be best friends with. But I had a filter that I didn't know was going on, and it was my subconscious mind that already knew where I was going and how I had to get there. And every single person that I have met, that I've stood in front of, that I've spoken to, that heard a video or that read a quote, it has activated that subconscious mind and the addiction to this information is the truth. And that's what I've known all along was the power of that truth. It wasn't that it came from Christ because I have to tell you guys, it wasn't what you think to see him. It was so effortless and so easy that I couldn't believe after I saw him that I couldn't find other people who saw him. And I didn't know why. Why was I alone? All the things that were experienced above. Why didn't anyone else know? Why couldn't anyone validate me? That's why I don't validate anybody anymore. Because Christ forced me to go out on a limb and feel alone. And feel like I didn't know how to say this or didn't know what to call it or didn't know what to do with it. 
Otherwise, I never would have learned. So that knowing in my subconscious mind, those hidden emotions, where this was going, I stopped questioning how I was going to get there. And because I stopped questioning, I let the stronger part of me, the part of me that sees everything with no filter as opposed to my conscious mind that filters, I almost like let it loose. And it was darn scary at times. All those times, not only that I thought I'd be homeless, but I didn't know if I could continue to do it. Or the times I, I actually thought I was done and did it. Only to be told I haven't even gotten started yet. And here I am marinating in the wings. But I can't stop doing it. And it doesn't matter if it was to one person because I was in front of one person before. I've had events where nobody showed up. Except the people who were helping me put the event together. I've had events where 11 people, 10 people show up. And it may as well have been a million. Because the joy of talking about the stuff we don't talk about, the relief I would just see in a human being. And it's not even in words that I'd see it. I'd see shoulders come down. People who had angst in them would cry or would, you know, try to ask me a question to stump me because it was too hard to believe that the truth was that simple. That their subconscious mind knew better and they get mad at themselves for not having done better. And I say, wait, don't get mad. We didn't know, guys. We didn't know. And we're just learning. Let us learn. If we're going to pass judgment on ourselves over and over again, we're going to get stuck, get stuck, get stuck, get stuck. But if you tell yourself, hey, I didn't know that these people would no longer talk to me if I kept attacking them because they don't want to be attacked. Who wants that? But I also thought to myself, when I'm in places that I don't, I don't feel like I belong, I take myself out. Because I don't want to take that experience away from anybody. If I'm tired, if I'm not in the mood, it rarely happens. But when it does, it's sure a neon sign. But here's another one of the hidden emotions that every human feels but doesn't talk about. It's feeling that the life you have carefully planned out does not make any sense. Why doesn't this make sense to me? Nothing makes sense to me anymore. How many times has that gone through our head? Or the feeling of being frustrated because we are stuck in one body in one place doing only one thing at a time. I can only do one thing at a time. How many times have we said that to ourselves? 
It can only be in one place at one time. I can only do so much in a day. We have to give ourselves a break. Things do make sense. And if you see your life as making sense, your life has a chance. Your life has a chance to make it be a life that you want to live. I just got the, what is that called? The uh, 90 second warning because I can't see the studio. So the show may just end when it tells me 10 seconds, I'll tell you guys it's over. I am going to do a part two to this show tomorrow. Um, If blog talk works, we can talk on the chat there. However, I'm really sorry about that. I I don't know what else to do with blog talk other than go with the flow. But that feeling of being stuck in one place at one time has given us the biggest anxiety push anything could have given us. Because we are taught to do everything, know everything, and that's on us if we don't. And that's not true. Let's just do one thing really great even if it's just being a nice person to yourself so that you can be to other people. Let's get some focus back into the part of us that already knows what we can do and we didn't activate it. You guys, I have 10 seconds. It's over for today. I will do part two tomorrow. I will see you tomorrow. Have a great Monday. Bye-bye.